to the bank. You guys know what? To get the score back. <laughs> this is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Some technical difficulties today. That intro with a super joke from Giannis for Super Bowl week. And today is going to be a super show for the start of Super Bowl week. And we're having some technical difficulties today. Why, you might ask? Well, because I'm on location. Uh, if you can tell by the background noise, uh, the, the company, the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network, we recently came into some money and they said, Grant, we're going to send you to the Super Bowl. Go to Radio Row. Spread your wings, meet people, meet players, get interviews, just make your show great. And I said, all right, get me on that plane. That's right, folks. I'm broadcasting live from Los Angeles. We're Radio Row, and my goodness, do I have a show put together for you today. And just uh, just really a couple of hours this afternoon, I've tracked down some amazing guests. We're going to talk to a player uh, whose name escapes me because no one has ever heard of him, but this player played on the 1984 Ravens. Um, and nobody remembers that team or, or what they did, but this player now has gone on to start a company, and he's going to come on the show and tell us about that company. Uh, we're also going to talk to a coordinator who was in the NFL for about six years, and no one's ever heard of this person either. I, In fact, I can't remember his name. Um, I caught him outside the bathroom. I, I wrote his name down. He's going to join us to talk about concussions uh, and how his company is looking to limit concussions, and also someone's going to join us to talk about boner pills at some point. So this is going to be a heck of a show. We're live from Radio Row. It's my favorite time of the year. And I'm happy to be here. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're not in L.A. That's a sound effect. Did I have you? Did you buy that for at least a second? Like at least, at least 30 seconds. Did I have you thinking maybe, maybe he's at the Super Bowl? That was my goal. That's all I wanted. Just for a second. That's all I was trying. See, I got this nice. Sounds like I'm at a wedding. This is the best sound effect I could have. Uh, no, we're not at Radio Row. I was actually, I talked to my boss and he said, look, uh, you're the last person. Uh, you are the last, you're the last person on the list. We could send Bill. We could send Clements. Uh, you were next on the list, but we ran out of money, and that's fine uh, because I don't like I don't like Super Bowl week on radio. I think it stinks. Um, I'd rather talk about our teams. I want to talk about the Bucks a lot today. I want to talk about the Packers, and I don't really need to hear anyone on uh, Radio Row. Not a big Radio Row guy. Now, that being said, if my boss is listening, I mean, send me. I mean, L.A.'s nice, and I want to go, and I want to try to meet famous people. The radio show won't be very good, but I'd, like, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go. Uh, but yeah, the show would sink. I don't like I don't like Super Bowl week. So this show is going to remain normal. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Sure, of course, throughout the week, it's the biggest sporting event of the year. But uh, no random interviews. Show will remain the same, and I'm glad you're here. Give me a call. Give me a text. 608-796-2558. You can follow me on Twitter and tweet me at Wisco Grant. Some of you are probably unfollowing and blocking me on Twitter at my terrible attempt to convince you that I was in L.A. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. It sounded pretty good, right? Like, that, that's what a Radio Row show would sound like. Hopefully, I got a couple people fooled, at least. I want to start with the Bucks. Today is the first day in a month. Months, huh? I, I don't know. Well, when was the last time that we haven't started a show with the Packers or with Aaron Rodgers, right? We kind of get in a groove during football season where we're either starting the show talking about the Packers or we're starting the show talking about Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football or Sunday Night Football because it was so crazy and it was so great, right? We... 
We lead the show with football for months on end, and that's fine. Football is huge. Football is awesome. I like talking about football. But today is the first day of the rest of our lives, at least, at least for uh, for the sports year of 2022. And it's refreshing. It's fun. I want to savor this moment. It's a big moment for the show. It's a bit of a page turning, right, when kind of played out the Packers string. I was planning the show this morning, and I thought, ah, I don't I don't think we can start with the Packers tonight. I think we've beat that dead horse enough. Now, we are going to talk about the Packers a little bit today in the second half of the show. They hired Rich Basaccia to be their special teams coordinator, um, which is great. He's a really respected and experienced coach. I would have preferred them to do that two years ago because if they had done it two years ago, then my team might have made a Super Bowl. But I guess uh, I guess better late than never, I suppose. So we'll talk about that in the second half of the show. For today's lead, I want to revisit what I told you last Thursday in the NBA Lounge. Does anyone remember? We talked about the Nets, we talked about the Suns, and we talked about the Bucks. And when we talked about the Bucks, we talked about the month of January and how it's typically a slump month for contending teams. If there are teams near the top of the conference, teams that have championship aspirations, January is the month where they typically take a load off a little bit. Might lose some bad games to bad teams. They might might take their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. And we can see this with LeBron's teams in Cleveland for years. Right? Cleveland and the LeBron Cavs went to the finals every year he was there. Uh, but every January, when they'd go through a little bit of a slump, we'd find ways to convince ourselves that, that no, Cleveland's actually not good, and they're not going to the finals. And then in February and March, they'd turn it on again, and, and all would be normal. You get the Christmas games, players get up for that. And then you got the All-Star break in February and into March and into the playoffs. But the, the month of January is that awkward middle ground where teams just kind of, eh, we're going to take a load off. So we talked about that. The Bucks didn't have the best January. They didn't have their best performances, and they lost some games they probably shouldn't have. But whatever, you'll have that in January. And for our homework, I gave you homework in the NBA Lounge last week. I said, hey, over this next week, the Bucks are going west, going on a West Coast trip. Starting on Saturday, they would be in Portland. Last night, they played the Clippers in L.A. This week, they have the Lakers, and they have the Suns. This week is a great stretch. We're into the month of February, which is where teams typically start to pedal a little bit faster, try a little bit harder. And they have some games against great competition. So I said, hey, dial in this week, folks. Let's really see what the Bucks can do. And we're only two games into the road trip, but so far through two games, things are going swimmingly. They beat Portland on Saturday night. They beat the Clippers last night in L.A. Now, Portland is no world beater. I'll admit that, right? They're 21 and 33. Damian Lillard is out. They're reloading a little bit. They're making some trades. They're shuffling around the roster. They're looking towards the future. They're trying to save money. I actually want to talk more about the Blazers at 430 because I want to compare the Blazers to the Bucks. I think there's some really interesting parallels. But Portland's not amazing. But the Bucks took care of business. The Clippers last night, the Clippers are a game below 500. No Kawhi, no Paul George. Although they did just get Norman Powell. And Norman Powell, no matter where he plays, will always play like prime Michael Jordan against the Bucks. What did he have, almost 30? I think he had like 28, 29 off the bench, didn't he? And you knew he would. Some stupid number like that. I watched that game and I'm, of course Norman Powell's going off. He hates the Bucs. He plays so good against the Bucs like Middleton does against the Hawks or the Celtics. Sometimes, for whatever reason, it just it just works. And you can see this with the Brewers, too. Hitters that no matter where they play or how old they get, they just always torment the Brewers. Sometimes sports are, are weird like that. The Clippers aren't amazing. Portland isn't amazing. But I think there's something to take away from these games. Now, if these games were at Washington and at Detroit, or if these games were at home, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be too amped about this. Maybe we'd start the show with something else. But West Coast trips aren't easy. Going west and playing late at night and being on the road for a week and playing in unfamiliar arenas against unfamiliar opponents, 
That's not easy to do. Just look at the Packers. They go outside the central time zone and they fall apart. They crumble. The Brewers, I remember for most of my life, every time they went to San Francisco to play the Giants, just felt like they'd get waxed. And then Craig Council came in, and, and now they're nails when they go on the West Coast because that's what Craig Council does. But I remember for most of my life, right, the Brewers would just melt down when they'd go on West Coast road trips. Bucks have a tendency to struggle on the West Coast as well. Hasn't been the case. They beat Portland and beat L.A., and they scored 137 in both games. It's a back-to-back. They played Saturday and Sunday. It's almost as if the Bucks collectively said, all right, let's get it together here. It's February. Come on. We're playing the Blazers, playing the Clippers. We got to take care of these games. Maybe we lose in Phoenix on Thursday. Phoenix is playing as well as any basketball team I've ever watched in my life. Maybe we lose to the Lakers. Maybe maybe Tuesday night's game is weird. And, and maybe this road trip will go 500 or we'll go one game over 500. But you can't have a successful road trip by starting 0-2 in Portland and against the Clippers who are really banged up. And the Bucks know that. And they showed up this weekend like that was in the front of their mind. Bucks have taken it easy in January. They lost some sloppy games. Giannis is eating wings in his press conferences and after losses. But, hey, come on now. It's time to ramp it up. It's time to get it going. It's February. The All-Star break is on the horizon. We know that we'll have a little bit of time off and a little time to relax. We're through the slog of January. I know we're going out west. Let's take care of business against some of these teams. And they showed up ready to play. You can tell they're trying. You can tell these two games mean something to them. And hopefully that continues through the pro season or uh, uh, this road trip and into the postseason as well, of course. Right? The Bucks are trying hard. Every starter had at least 17 points last night. That's a record-setting night. I didn't know this, and I saved this. Justin Garcia, our Bucks guy, jam band consultant as well. He'll join us on uh, Thursday. I was talking to him today. He's going to be on on Thursday to talk about the trade deadline. Right? He retweeted this uh, last night from Stats by Stats. Well, now I can't find it. But the Bucks are the first team in NBA history, I believe, where all five starters scored 15 points, had a certain amount of rebounds, and a certain amount of points. And I can't find it now. But they just had a wild night where every one of their starters showed up and played really, really, really well. Right? Now, maybe the bench doesn't show up, but if all of your starters are going off, who cares? Right? Last night, I want to find this stat. It bothers me. I thought I had it saved. This was this was a line last night. Giannis had 28. Middleton had 17. Bobby Portis had 24. Drew Holiday had 27. And Pat Connaughton had 18. Yeah, that'll do. That dog will hunt. That's nuts. When everyone's getting involved and everyone's getting buckets, yeah, the team is trying. They've kicked it into gear. The Bucks are trying. You can tell. Before Saturday's game and Sunday's game, they had won the third quarter just three times in 2022. There's only three games in the month of January where they scored more than their opponent in the third quarter. It happened against the Pelicans, the Nets, that Friday night game where they looked unreal good, and then it happened against the Knicks. Coach Bud, after that game, was asked about the third quarter. The third quarter is an interesting thermometer uh, for basketball, and we'll talk about that next. Here's Coach Bud talking about third quarter success. There was a focus, you know, I think uh, you know, the leadership is I think going to make sure we can, you know, do everything to to make the third quarter um, you know, much, much better and tonight's a good start, now we got to go do it again, um, you know, really for 48 minutes to, to be to be, you know, clear, but uh, certainly the third quarters can uh, you know, be better. Third quarter is an awesome gauge of how hard a team is playing, how buttoned up they are, too. Because at halftime, you go in, you make adjustments, you respond, you react to what you saw in the first half. And if you come out in the third quarter and you 
take it to the other team. Well, that shows, hey, the coach has good ideas. The coach has his, his finger on the pulse of the team. And the team is listening to the coach, going out and executing what the coach is saying. And they're trying hard. There's energy and there's effort. That's always evident in the third quarter. With the great teams, the Warriors, the Warriors just, they go, they go running on teams in the third quarter. And the Warriors, I think we'd all agree, pretty buttoned up team. Team that's been pretty competitive, tried to win, you know, won some titles over the last decade. Always the third quarters with the Warriors. I remember when I first got into the NBA, so we were watching finals with the Heat and the Spurs, the Duncan Spurs, and that one year where Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant made it. I remember watching on ESPN, and this time, you know, Mike Breen was doing games. And I remember all of the analysts always pointing out, hey, the team that wins the third quarter typically wins the game. Not because they jump out to some crazy lead in the third quarter that then they would hold on to, some insurmountable lead. The third quarter was just a gauge of which team is trying harder, which team has better energy, and which team is more organized. Right? So you look at the third quarter as a thermometer. It'll tell you a lot about who's the better team, or at least which team is playing better. The Bucs won both of their third quarters this weekend after winning the third quarter just three times in the month of January total. The Bucs are trying. The Bucs are trying. We're seeing it. The ball is moving. Ball's finding open guys. Look at the assist totals. They had 36 assists in Portland. They had 28 assists in L.A. Our Bucks friend, Justin Garcia, tweeted, the Bucs are 20-1 and one when they have more than 25 assists, right? And you're seeing... You're seeing Giannis, and Giannis is passing, too. Giannis this season reminds me of someone who's playing a video game, and they're learning a video game little by little. It's like a fighting video game, like Super Smash Bros. It's like when you learn a new move, and you want to get the new move dialed in. Let's say the new move is it's like the B button on the controller, right? And when you're learning, when you're trying to get good at it, all you do is use the B button. You're just spamming it. You're trying to figure out how many different ways you can use that B button, and how many cool things you can do with the move by pressing that B button. That's Giannis right now. He's, Giannis is like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pretty good passer. Why don't I get a little bit better? Why don't I see how good I can be? And when you watch him passing on a nightly basis, he looks like someone who just figured out how to pass, and he's playing with it, and he's having fun with it like you would in a video game when you learn a new move. It's really something to watch. The ball is moving through Giannis. It's obviously moving through Drew, their point guard. And th- all this great passing and ball movement, these assist totals, really boosts Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis. And if you pull up the game log for either one of these guys, when the team is playing well and they're passing well, it's reflected in their stats. So against the Clippers last night, Pat Connaughton had 18 points, six of nine shooting from three. Bobby Portis against the Clippers, little bit of a quieter night last night. He had 24, quiet compared to Saturday when he had 30, right? And he was he was hitting everything. He went 11 of 13 against Portland. Six of eight from the three-point stripe. That's because the ball is moving. Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, they're good players, but they're not great in a way that they can create their own shot like Chris Middleton or Giannis, but when the ball is moving and they don't have to create their own shot, look at how well they play. Right? So every starter getting involved, as we've seen last night against the Clippers, every starter had 17 or more. Right? Third quarter success, a great indicator for how how connected the team is with the coach, how great their energy is and their effort coming out of halftime. That's really evident. And then you can tell that the Bucks are dialed in when the ball is moving because they're finding open guys. Yeah, Giannis and Chris and Drew, they're doing their thing. But when you see Pat and Bobby having really efficient, impressive shooting nights, that means the ball is moving and this team is really humming. And at least through this weekend, they are. You know, they have some more games this week. We got the Lakers. We have the Suns. And those are going to be much tougher tests, especially Phoenix on Thursday. And I'm really excited for that game. But at least through the first portion of this, this road trip, 
they're dialed in, and you can tell this road trip means a lot to them, and they want to start stepping it up and playing better basketball as we get closer to the All-Star break. And that's exciting. That's what we were hoping. That's what we were talking about last Thursday in the NBA Lounge. The Bucks have a new player, Greg Monroe. The Moose, he's back in town. I don't want to talk about Greg Monroe in depth because I don't think this conversation is one that should be centered around Greg Monroe or DeMarcus Cousins, for that matter, when he was there. I think the conversation needs to be bigger and the center position as a whole, what the Bucks are looking for and what the Bucks can get out of a capable center if they keep Greg Monroe, if they bring Boogie Cousins back, or if they were to add someone at the deadline, as we've seen some rumors for. Let's talk about that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills, not at Radio Row. Bummer. Bummer. Although I do have, if you missed the open of the show, I do have about 20 minutes worth of crowd noise saved on my laptop so we can make it sound like we're at Radio Row. Maybe I'll bust it out in the second half of the show when we get we get some new people joining the show. We'll see if we can fool another, another crowd of people. Give me a tweet, at Wisco Grant. Follow me along uh, on Twitter there. You can be part of the show that way. You can text and call 608-796-2558. We're talking about the Bucks. Today is a special day. It's an important day. This is the day where we don't lead with football. We don't lead with Aaron Rodgers or the Packers, which is what we've been doing feels like every day with very few exceptions since August and September. So let's let's, let's give ourselves a round of applause. We made it. We're, we're into a new era. This is a new era of the Wisco Sports Show uh, until next fall when we start leading with football. <laughs> every single day because it won't take long. Uh, we'll be back there. We'll be doing draft stuff here in a few weeks. But as of today, we're talking about the Bucks and the really impressive weekend that they just had. Now, it is only a weekend with two wins against teams that aren't very good. But it's a sign that the Bucks are taking the next step in their season. They're ramping it up after January, which is typically a, a slump of a month and they're wanting to play better basketball, and hopefully that'll culminate game against the Lakers tomorrow and a game against the Suns on Thursday, which is a game that I have circled. I bet a lot of you do as well. Let's talk to FedEx Fred. Fred, welcome to the show. How was your weekend? I was pretty good. It was nice to see the Bucks get a win because I got a little nervous there in January, but then I remembered your uh, NBA lounge talk, and it kind of cooled me, walked me off the edge. Well, I mean, maybe the the Bucks could have been bad all along, and maybe we'll learn that later. But like again, January teams typically eh, they don't throw in the towel. But I don't think these guys are stressing too much when the playoffs are still a couple of months away. And hopefully that's true. Hopefully that's the case. I wanted to say I heard the uh, intro to the show today, and I seriously thought you were down at Radio Row. Yes, yes, I'm going to do it again at some point tonight. I I thought I was like I just need some crowd noise, and I think I can. I think I can make it work. The guests on Radio Row for Super Bowl week are all so random. I always I get so confused. I thought you were I thought you were there with Bill Michaels and uh, Mike Clements. You know they didn't invite me, <laughs> and I'm a little hurt by that. They didn't they didn't even send me a text. They didn't even ask. Rude, I know, right? Well, I'm, you know what? Rude. That's just it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'm calling in today because I'm a little concerned about the Bucks big man situation. Oh. Red. Red. Yes. This is what I was going to talk about next. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Yes. We, we can't have Giannis keep playing the five spot because you, you're just going to burn him out. 
Mm-hmm. And if he starts getting tired, that's how injuries happen. And the last thing we need is Giannis to go down with an injury before the playoffs start. Yeah. And no offense to Big Buckets Bobby. Love the guy to death, but he's just not a five. Yeah, he's Bobby, not a five. Bobby's better when there's a five out there with him. I agree. That's when he's best. Yeah. That's when he's great. Yeah. So my, my question is, is now they, they got the moose on a 10-day contract. Do they go out and try to trade for a big man? And if they don't, does that mean Robin Lopez will be coming back sooner than we thought he was? Is, Ro- is Robin Lopez playing for a team right now? Robin Lopez. Oh, not Robin. Uh, Brooke, sorry. Oh, sorry. Brooke. Oh, well, I would love Robin Lopez back, too. I think yeah. he's on the ma- Yeah, he's on the Magic. He's in Orlando. That's right. Um, yeah, this, this is a tough topic, Fred, because we don't know. The trade deadline is Thursday. We're going to talk to Justin Garcia on Thursday night. So after the trade deadline, so we'll have an expert to talk about this with. Um, I can talk about Moose and Boogie Cousins a little bit, Fred. This is actually what I was planning to talk about next. So this call has been expertly timed. I appreciate you. I'm going to let you go, and then we'll talk about this. All right. Sounds great. And thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Fred. Have an awesome night. That's FedEx Fred. The big men. This, yes, this is what we need to talk about. Because Greg Monroe's back on a 10-day, which, by the way, is awesome. We can't just gloss over that. That's That's amazing. We already had DeMarcus Cousins on this team for a 10-day. Imagine someone in 2015 telling you that, yeah, uh, one day, Greg Monroe, who not so long ago was like the biggest free agent signing the Bucs have ever had, Greg Monroe and DeMarcus Cousins will be on the same Bucs team in the same season. What a world we're living in right now. We should just appreciate that. So Fred talks about the big man. We need a big man. They're best with a big man. And, and I agree, we don't want to wear Giannis out. In the postseason, Giannis is probably going to play a lot of five, depending on the matchup, of course. Now, against the Cavs, I'd like to have an extra big man. That team's got some size, right? But against the Nets, eh, get by with a lot of Giannis at center. Now, you want someone to spell him and give him a rest and come in and eat some fouls and protect the rim just a little bit and be a little bit of an enforcer. But in the postseason, we're going to want to see Giannis play a lot of minutes at the five. Hopefully, by then, Brooke will be back now. Brooke is back and taking some shots in practice. I'm really excited to ask Justin on Thursday as someone who's around the team and, and nearby with the team every day. He'll hopefully be able to give us the, the best possible update on Brooke that anyone can, which probably still isn't great, but Justin would certainly know more than I think just about 99% of people. So we're dealing with a couple of players here. DeMarcus Cousins, who played 17 games for the Bucks. I don't know that we need to go into an in-depth breakdown of, of what DeMarcus Cousins was like. He was solid, right? Hit some threes. Get in the way on defense, eat some minutes, be available. Check, 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 check. He checked all those boxes. He was great. And then the Bucs didn't want to lock in his contract. They wanted flexibility, so they let him go. They bring in Moose, Greg Monroe, Greg and one Monroe. Basically want him to do the same thing. Look capable on defense, play well out of the dunker spot. Moose isn't going to take threes, but whatever. He's playing a very similar role and trying to accomplish very similar tasks as DeMarcus Cousins was a couple weeks ago. Now, as Bucks fans, we could wax poetic about John Horst. And we could say, wow, look, he's, he's finding centers on the trash heap. John Horst is a wizard. He's finding big men, right? Or we could talk about how Boogie and Moose, they're still great. And they got something in the tank and we should lock them into contracts. Wow, these guys are great. We could have that conversation, but I think we'd be missing the point. I think we'd be wasting time. The point is the Bucks have a good system. And they don't need an otherworldly center. They can get by for two weeks with DeMarcus Cousins. Or they could get by 10 days on Greg Monroe. Right? Hopefully, Brooke Lopez comes back. But if he doesn't, maybe they make a deal for somebody who's a little bit better than Greg Monroe and DeMarcus Cousins, but not much. 
We don't know when Brooke Lopez is coming back. If the Bucks don't make a move for any kind of center at the deadline, then that probably tells us that they're fairly confident that Brooke is coming back at some point sooner rather than later, right? Now, if they move major pieces to get a center, which they, they can't really do, they don't really have the ammo to do much of anything. So any move that we're going to be talking about, maybe the Bucks look to shed some salary. Maybe they look to get a replacement level center in here. Maybe, but that's about it. Now, Brooke Lopez is back at practice. It looks like he's shooting around. He's around the team. So that's a great sign. I don't know that the Bucks need a great center. They just need a center because we've seen bring in DeMarcus Cousins. He'll be good. Bring in Greg Monroe. He'll be good. Bring in whoever, and all of these players are working. And that is a testament, I think, to Coach Bud, the system that the Bucks have put into place, but also Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis basically just being these malleable, flexible players that can go from the bench to the starting lineup. They can play with a center. They can play without a center. They can go big. They can go small. And they can adapt to play with different centers with different skill sets all the time. We don't need to move mountains to get a center at the deadline. They just need a body, a body until Brooke comes back to help spell Giannis a little bit. And so he's not, as Fred said, asked to play so many minutes at center. This is a positive take. This is a, this is a good thing. The Bucks don't need an amazing center to win games and, and stay afloat in the regular season. Now in the playoffs might be different, but we hope that by the playoffs, Brooke is back and ready to go. Maybe even a little ramp up period before the playoffs start. Although we just, might have a little PTSD from that with uh, with our Packers coming back from injury just in time for the playoffs. That gets a little, I don't know, I'm a little sketched by that now. I don't know if I want to go through that with Brooke Lopez asking about his availability every single day for a month leading into the postseason. Send me your thoughts on the Bucks. Give me a text, 608-796-2558. Tweet me, at Wisco Grant. I want to talk about the Blazers coming up next. Not because I like the Blazers or they're interesting. I don't like them and I don't find them interesting at all. But watching the Blazers on Saturday... Made me think about the Bucks. It's like, wow, the Bucks could have ended up like this Blazers team, and they didn't. And I want to talk about why that happened and why that's such a good thing. That's coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I miss football already, and the season's not done yet. But I will say yesterday, around 2 or 3, uh, I drove into work for a little while just to get some things done. Do you ever actually enjoy going to work on the weekend? Maybe if you have a family and hobbies and things to do and people to do it with, maybe you don't. But on a Saturday where I got nothing going on or a Sunday where it's no games, no nothing, I just like going into work for an hour, just lining things up for the week, right? And I was driving to work yesterday. It's like 30 degrees. It was really nice. I even cracked my window. And I was listening to Carol King. Because I was listening to... On, on Sundays, I need to scale my music back. I need something mellow. I need something that's not going to like yell and scream and bark at me. So I was listening to Carol King. <laughs> and I was, and I, was, I was driving down 2nd Street in downtown La Crosse. I'm like, huh, this is kind of nice. There's no football on today. The world seems a little bit more... It, peace because during the season I mean it's it's nuts you gotta you gotta get to church you gotta get to the store buy the taco dip get home get multiple TVs set up you know the red zone over here CBS here Fox here get out the laptop maybe that's more me but if you gamble on games or you like watching as many games as possible Sundays during football season it's it's madness 
And yesterday, maybe you did what I did. You just drove around with your windows down and you listened to Carol King. I can't imagine too many people did that exactly, you know, specifically that, but maybe in spirit, you you did something similar. Give me a text, 608 7962558. Couple of texts here. I don't have a name for this person. So if you want to get back to me, give me a name. Uh, Rock and Rick. I see. All right. Rock and Rick says Broncos and Bridgewater, 34 million for two years. True or rumor? Would they be extending him? I don't know, Teddy Bridge. I'm pondering whether I actually want to look at this right now. I don't want to look at this, Rick. I don't know. They should draft someone or trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sick of the Broncos having top 10 picks with quarterbacks that are available and drafting corners because that's just, that's not going to get it done. Uh, here's a text from Ken. Kent, excuse me, in Madison. Uh, want to meet famous people? Go to Comic-Con, not the Super Bowl. Yeah, wait, don't you wish we were Radio Row? We could have a bunch of crowd noise in the background. Hold on, I'm, I'm prepared for this. I've trained for this. So it could sound like this, and then we could talk to a bunch of players and coaches that we barely know or barely remember about products that we don't care about. Uh, but selfishly for me, it would be great because I'd get to meet more people. But uh, for the sake of the show, mm-mm. Patriot Mike says, definitely a Bills cracking your window during the winter. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Mike's my uncle. I remember uh, my grandpa's brother. My grandpa probably did this too. But you'd see him driving around in the winter just with their windows down. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it runs in my family. It was just cracked. Now, the heat would be blasting. The heat would be all the way up. But you just got to gotta crack the window for the fresh air. If it gets above 30 uh, and it's nice out in the winter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack the window. Absolutely. We're going to get to more football stuff in the second half of the show. The Packers have their special teams coordinator. And they're, I don't, I don't know. I, I am excited. I'm glad that they got a special teams coordinator, but to me, it, it feels a little bit like, like life-saving surgery on a patient that died in the ambulance ride to the hospital. It's like, okay, it's great that we fixed this supposedly, but what's done is done. You can invest or not. That's not, not a time grant for stepbrothers. What's done is done. You lost in the playoffs. Your special teams were horrendous. I'm glad that you got a new coordinator now. Um, that doesn't that doesn't help us in this season, but hopefully next. So we'll talk more about that in the second half of the show. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, a little story time. Um, I want to tell you about something. When the Bucks won the title this last summer, it was a blast, right? We obviously celebrated and we laughed, we cried, we celebrated with friends and family. You get it, right? I enjoyed that title run for the same reasons that everyone else did. State pride. We love Giannis. We were happy for Chris Middleton. Right, it obviously been 50 years since the Bucks had won a title, so it was that was lifted off our back as well. And Milwaukee hadn't had a title from the Brewers, so we're waiting 50 years for a championship for the city of Milwaukee and for the state. Right, so that was great. I enjoyed that run for the same reasons that everyone else did. As a sports talker and a heavy sports media consumer, I like watching sports TV. I like listening to sports radio. I appreciated that run and that title for another reason. I watched the NBA closely for about 12 years, which I understand is a relatively short amount of time. So there's things that I can speak on. There's things that I can't speak on. But over a dozen years or so, I've seen really good teams come really close and they don't get it done. You see this every year, every other year. I mean, just off the top of my head, we could talk about the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Thunder. They made one finals. They never got back. KD and Harden leave and Russ just isn't very good. That team was awesome. One of the best teams I've watched over the last 12 years. They never made a finals. Or they made one. They never won a finals. The Derrick Rose Bulls, right? That team was a different kind of fun. That that team was unique. And they bumped up against the Heat. They never made the finals, right? We talk about the Lob City Clippers. They even had a nickname. 
Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and J.J. Redick. And that, that team was just awesome. They never made a finals. Right? Paul George, Roy Hibbert, Lance Stevenson, that Pacers team, Danny Granger. That team was awesome. And they never made a finals. Right? James Harden's Rockets. They never made a finals, which I kind of like. Screw James Harden. He sucks. <laughs> but it's, and I, now I don't get why people cheer for the Nets. When the Bucks beat him last year, it's like, yeah, well, everyone is hurt. And Kevin Durant's toe. It's like, wait, are you cheering for James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? Why, why am I on the opposite side of public opinion here? This is bizarre. But James Harden's Rockets, another team that maybe was loved and hated for lots of reasons. They were very good. They maybe even should have made and won a finals, but they didn't. All these great teams over the last decade. They got close, but but never got it done. I like to think of NBA history as a highway. We're driving along the freeway, right? And every couple of miles, there's an exit sign that says, you know, you know, whatever exit is. Like uh, like exit, what is it, 69? I think I always remember it because it's 69 and it's funny. In Mostyn, right on 94 on the other side of Toma, right? So you're driving down the interstate and there's an exit sign. Instead of Mostyn, exit 69, it says 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, big bright letters, and it's it's permanent, it's resolute, it's 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 there, it's written in pen, right? The team that won the finals, the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, or the 2017, 2018 Golden State Warriors, or the 2019 Raptors, the 2020 Lakers, the 2021 Bucks, right? These are teams that on the highway of NBA history, they have permanent resolute, rock-solid signs marking their success. Then you're not going to forget about that, right? And for the miles leading up to that exit, the shoulder of the highway is just littered with these other teams that were good or even great, but they didn't get it done, right? So you have Katie's Thunder, DeMar DeRozan's Raptors, the Lob City Clippers, right? And they're just, you know, it's it's rubbish on the shoulder of the road, right? Just, just left behind in the chase for the title, and only the teams that win it, they get the big sign, that no one's ever moving, no one's ever getting rid of. You can't take it away from the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. They won the title, they get a sign, and it's, it's locked in on the interstate. If you're driving through NBA history, you see these signs. They're never going away. I enjoyed the Bucks' title because I knew that once they won that title, Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, that team would be remembered in stone. They'd have a sign. They'd have a permanent sign that you'd always go back in the history of the NBA and you'd see it in bold letters. They're not some litter on the side of the highway. Like I picture them <laughs> like a gross McDonald's bag and it's stuck in the bush next to the shockwave video billboard somewhere by Linden station or whatever in central Wisconsin, right? That's not the box. No, the box, they get a sign that's written in pen. That's permanent. No one can ever forget that. And on Saturday night watching bucks blazers and Damian Lillard's hurt. CJ McCollum is playing, but it's just not the same. And the blazers have kind of played out the string of this iteration of their team with their superstar, Damian Lillard, right? Now, I don't know if they were ever a great team that came up short. They did make a Western Conference Finals. I don't know that that Western Conference Finals appearance meant anything. I think it happened to fall that way. They happened to get a matchup with the Warriors. They obviously weren't as good, and then they went home. I I don't know if we remember the, the Blazers in higher regard just for making that Western Conference Finals, but... The Lillard-McCollum pairing, the Blazers, right? That has a feel to them. That's a team that we'll remember, but not for winning a title. The funny thing is, and this is what I've been thinking about, the Bucks could have ended up in the spot that the Blazers are now, right? Now, Giannis is better than Dame. He's also a forward, which is a more impactful position than an undersized guard that can't really defend. It doesn't really, doesn't really pass all that well. Like, like Dame's a scorer, right? 
there's only so much you can get from the rest of the team playing around a player like that. But they're both great. And when they're both healthy, they're certainly both top 10, top 12 players in the NBA. Giannis is top five, top three, probably top two right now. I mean, Kevin Durant. And then Dame's not far behind. The trajectory of the rest of the team, it's interesting to see the path the Blazers went down trying to build around their superstar compared to the path that the Brewers took building around their superstar. And this really became apparent and became obvious last week when the Blazers made a trade. They sent Norman Powell, public enemy number one to the Bucks, to the Clippers, along with Robert Covington. Now, not that long ago, Portland gave up Gary Trent and Rodney Hood to get Powell, and then they immediately turned around and gave him five years, $90 million. This was a couple months ago. Portland got Robert Covington in 2020 for Trevor Ariza, some draft rights, and a future first. So they paid a lot of money and some decent compensation to get Norman Powell. And they gave up some compensation to get Robert Covington, although not as much. And old Trevor Ariza, whatever. Now, the point of this deal was to free up money so the Blazers could pay Anthony Simons and get under the salary cap and get under the luxury tax. That's it. That's it. That was their big move. Their franchise is at a turning point trying to appease their superstar, Damian Lillard, try to get up in the upper echelon of the West with the Suns and with the Warriors and the healthy Clippers eventually, maybe the healthy Nuggets. That's their goal, but instead they're making moves at the deadline to clear salary, get off a deal that they signed just months ago so they have breathing room to pay Anthony Simons, right? The Blazers have tweaked and touched and adjusted their roster so many times, it's turned into Ancestry.com, where we're going back player by player, player by player. Okay, so they traded this guy to get this guy, and then they traded that guy to get this guy, and gave up picks and players to get this guy. And every time they adjusted their roster, they lost a little bit of value. They paid a dollar twenty-five for every dollar's deal that they did, right? They were overpaying or they were getting undercompensated for every deal that they made to the point now where two years later we're like, wait, they started with this and we're here. Now, Giannis is much better than Damian Lillard, and Chris Middleton is much better than C.J. McCollum. But it would have been easy for the Bucs to do something similar like this. It would have been easy for the Bucs three or four years ago to say, man, we can't get out of the first round. We got to do something drastic. We got to trade this guy. We got to move on from this guy. We got to do this, that, and the other thing. And then when that didn't work, we got to do this, that, and the other thing. And we got to adjust this, and we got to trade this guy. And then years down the line, you're looking back, and you're like, wait, we started with this? And we're here? We're, we're making terrible losing trades just so we can pay Anthony Simons, who's fine, but come on. And we don't want to pay the, the, the luxury tax? So we're going to shape our trade deadline strategy around that when Damian Lillard's happiness hangs in the balance? We could lose him? Every time the Blazers made a deal, they lost a little bit of value. Would have been easy for the Bucks to do this? And they were patient. And I think in the future, it would be really smart for GMs and head coaches and presidents to sit down with superstar players who are approaching contracts and thinking maybe they'll go elsewhere. And GMs and coaches saying, hey, we need to play the long game here, not just because it's better for our franchise, but because it's better for your championship chances, because continuity matters. Giannis and Chris Middleton played together for eight years before it, it, it finally coalesced and worked. This offseason, right? The Bucks tried a couple big men. They tried Greg Monroe. That didn't work. Okay, well, let's try Brooke Lopez on a mid-level exception. That's not moving mountains. That stuck. Okay, 
Well, I don't think Eric Bledsoe is going to work. Uh, let's let's do Drew Bledsoe or Eric Bledsoe, excuse me, or Eric. <laughs> Drew Holiday. Screw me. You get what I'm saying, right? The Bucks took a very slow burn of a path to get where they're going. And I think it would be smart for execs and people in charge to sit down with superstars and say, hey, we could make trades with a trigger finger and we could panic or we could do what the Bucks did and take the long, slow way of doing this, and it's going to be better for everyone in the long run. I couldn't help but think about that when watching the Blazers and the Bucks on Saturday. Let's take a break. I actually have a couple things to say about the Pro Bowl, but if you have thoughts on the Bucks, send me a text. We're going to get into the Packers before too long as well. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Rams and the Bengals getting ready for Super Bowl 56 here in L.A. We'll have updates all week with the Bill Michaels Show broadcasting live every day from the NFL media headquarters here in Los Angeles. The Rams held practice over the weekend, but some of their starters, like defensive back Jalen Ramsey and left tackle Andrew Whitworth, did not participate. Rams head coach Sean McVay. Yeah, we're just giving those guys rest. Nobody's uh, status for the game is affected. I honestly, I don't have the injury report, but those guys, the Jalen's, the Whitworths, the Van Jeffersons, Cam Akers, that's all just using the extra week of preparation just to give them rest. Those guys, will, they'll be ready to roll. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow led his high school team to a state championship, won a national title at LSU, and last week beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship and says he's confident he's ready for the Super Bowl. I've always played well in these kind of moments, and I think it's just because all of these moments come towards the end of the year, and you know, I feel like I get better as the year progresses just because you have more reps, more film under your belt, you know, corrected all the mistakes that you've made and throughout the entire year. And I'm, I'm good at recalling that kind of stuff. And so when you get to the end of the year, you just have all those reps banked and, and you just keep getting better and better. And Packers president Mark Murphy said in a statement over the weekend, the team wants Aaron Rodgers to return to Green Bay for an 18th season. Brett Favre on NFL Radio was asked how close does he think Rodgers is to making a decision. The dust hasn't settled yet. I mean, that, I mean, it is right after. It's going to take it's going to take some time to let this sink in, and it, it you know the worst is yet to come as far as the feeling. So I don't I don't expect uh, an answer anytime soon. Uh, you know, a month could be two months. Best NFL coverage. Mike Clements, Radio Row. Um. Mike said he was going to invite me. He just never got a text. Maybe he forgot. I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> He's out there in LA with Bill, just chopping it up. I said Mike should go get some, uh, get a workout in, or maybe at the skate park in Venice Beach. You think Mike skateboards? Probably not, but he's full of surprises. You never know. I want to talk some football. I want to talk. Packers and special teams, I guess. They hired a special teams coordinator, which is great. They got an experienced, respected, universally liked special teams coordinator, which is awesome. I, I don't mean to downplay that, but get to the point now where like I just that that they needed one this year. They needed someone experienced this year. They needed someone respected this year, and they went with an internal hire. And I, I just okay, good. Now you fix the problem. Yeah. All right, great. It's cool now. It's like it's like burning down half your house and then being like, oh, I know what it was. It was the, it was, the smoke detector was broken. I got a new one. Don't worry. It's like, okay, well, great. When we rebuild the other half of the house, can't wait to install that thing. Next time there's a fire, that'll be 
That'll be really helpful. Smoke detector. So stupid. The Pro Bowl was yesterday. And the Pro Bowl is a it's it's a fascinating Rorschach test for humanity because it stinks. And we all know it stinks, but we like to pretend that we think it doesn't stink. And then when we watch, we're like, this is outrageous. It's like, well, of course, it's the Pro Bowl. Like, what did you expect? I had it on his background noise yesterday and we were laughing at it because it's dumb. But I'm not going to come into work today. Be like, yeah, you watched the uh, watch Pro Bowl yesterday? <laughs> back, in, back in my day, players actually took it seriously. They actually go out there and play with some honor. Yeah, well, they also draft three running backs in the top five in your day, too. So maybe it's probably a good thing that we've modernized just a little bit. The worst part of this Pro Bowl was Alvin Kamara got arrested in Vegas for just hammering someone, busting up their face. He's in jail. He's got a court date now. What is it with NFL players just not being able to handle Vegas? Right? We obviously know Henry Ruggs, but Damon Arnett, too. Like, they were losing. The Raiders are having issues with their guys because they're just being stupid. And now Alvin Kamara? Come on. It's a shame. It's, do we not know how to handle ourselves? Like, look, I talk about drinking on the show. I like going out on the weekend, having a couple of beers, having some PBRs. We, we talk about this, right? It's like, God, some people, they just don't just cool it a little bit. Go out and have two beers. We don't need 20. We don't need, we don't need 20. That's just too many. We don't need 20 beers. Go have two have some laughs. Pay your bartender. The, the money that we're gonna, you were going to use to buy the rest of the beers, give to the bartenders a tip, right? Because got, bartenders are the best and they deserve tips. And then go home. Get a great night's sleep. Don't be hungover the next day. It'll be, it'll be great. You'll enjoy it. Fewer beers. Fewer booze. Don't drive. Alvin Kamara. An idiot. Let's take a break. Packers, Bucks. Coming up after this update from Zach Hyperin. Shake it up, shake it up, shake it up.